yeah, uh, disappointing loss uh, tonight or this afternoon. We went out, thought we had really a good game plan starting the game. Then some uncertainties on their side of the ball uh, offensively from our defensive, sta- defensive standpoint of you know which quarterback was going to be in the game. We uh, game plan for both of the quarterbacks. Um, so you know, we weren't surprised when number 11 was in. Um, you know, then in, in the first, first half, they were able to keep the football for, uh, I think it was 20 minutes in the first half to 10 minutes of ours. And that time of possession really ended up being a critical factor in the game. And then when you put together the, criti- the critical factors of the time of possession, you know, turnovers on our end, and then the, the third downs uh, on their side of the ball, they were you know, 7 to 12 on third down conversions. And a lot of those being able to get them to third and manageable and third and shorts and uh, having the quarterback in, in the run game. So you know, those, are th- those are things that were the inevitably you know, affected the outcome of the football game in, in their favor. So we've got to get in tomorrow and really get those mistakes corrected. Uh, you know, field position as well. We were backed up inside the five-yard line a couple times. And I thought we had a good plan for that coming out. When one of them we were able to go 99 yards and get some momentum back on our side before halftime. But it, when it's all said and done, when the clock hit zero, uh, they made more plays than we did in some of the critical er, uh, critical areas of the game that it turned it into their favor. Okay, questions for Coach Keith? Please raise your hand. Get a microphone. We'll start right here with Brian. Brent, I imagine with an athletic quarterback like Jakari Brown that trying to arm tackle him, you know, is, is really – can really be costly, and he, he really uh, made some moves out there tonight. Yeah, I mean, you, you want to get a body on a body and uh, near leg, near shoulder on, on tackles, and, and then have the other guys swarming around to help assist in it. Coach Key, it uh, felt like key possessions, first possession, second half. You went in with a lot of momentum at the end of the first half, came out and had that possession. It didn't produce for you. Did you feel like that was a turning point or just one of several? No, I don't think it was a turning point, but, you know, when you talk about the the flow of a football game, that middle eight with the last four minutes of the first half and first four of the second half, that's a critical time of the game. And we knew going into the locker room, really that the start of that drive before halftime, that if we could gain some momentum back on our side uh, with a score, it, it would do a lot. Knowing we were getting the ball coming out of the second half, that was the reason we declined uh, the, the coin toss early, be able to work that middle eight portion to be a critical factor in the game. We knew it was going to be a critical factor. And then, you know, did it decide the outcome of the game? No, did it have an effect on it? Yes, it did. Any update on Zach Pyron after leaving the game with an injury? Yeah, he, was, he wasn't able to come back in. We'll give an update next week or after he has a chance to go in and get fully looked up. Okay. Um, to sort of follow up, was Jeff cleared to play? And, and kind of could you shed light on kind of what, what emergency basis means? Yeah, he was uh, deemed an emergency basis in the game. And at the time that Pyron got hurt, he was not available to go in. I'll just leave it at that. And just following that up, you said at the time Pyron got hurt, he was Sims was not available. Yeah, he wasn't able to go in, but he was clear to play. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Thank you. Um, you you were able to win your first two games as interim coach. I'm, I'm sure that gave you and the program a lift. How disappointing has have these last few weeks been um, since then? Um, Anytime you lose a football game, it's disappointing. Uh, you know, win games, it's not disappointing. But you mean, you just—they didn't agree with what I said. No, but it, anytime you lose a game, it's disappointing. So, you know, 
the, the true disappointment comes if you don't come back the next week ready to work. And that starts tomorrow. You know, challenge the guys in the locker room that you know, the character of our team has got to prevail. And it's got to, it's got to rise up tomorrow. The guys that have the character, uh, that you know, it, it, it's important to come back tomorrow and get to work and ready to play another football game next Saturday. You know, if there is anybody that doesn't, which I, I don't think there will be. I mean, this is, you, know, you only get so many games of football in your life, and they run out at some point. So you know, those guys have to you know, wake up tomorrow and be ready to come in and understand what the mistakes were and what we have to correct, but then also build on what things that were good in the game and, and move forward and uh, be ready to play a good North Carolina opponent next Saturday. I think Miami finished the game with uh, 44 rushes. Did you expect them to rush, run the ball as much as they did? Yes, we did. <clears throat> you know, depending on which quarterback was in the football game, we expected it to be a, uh, a quarterback-driven run game, and it, and that's what it was with number 11 in the game. Coach, both your quarterbacks, two interceptions today. Is it maybe they weren't comfortable, or maybe they were not seeing something, maybe forcing the ball? What do you kind of attribute some of that to? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. The first one, and I'll have to go back and look at them all, but the first one was a, a play down the sideline, a go ball, that was kind of a 50-50 ball down the sideline, and they ended up getting an interception uh, on the one-yard line. The one with Nate uh, went down on that one, got uh, air knocked out of them on that play. So it's, it's, it's a 50-50 ball that they were able to come up with. Um, the, the other ones, you know, we'll get in and look at it and see exactly what happened. But you, know, you can't turn the ball over. You know, it, it's a, it, that was the number one most critical factor in the game. You know, it is always, and that's one of the reasons we've been able to you know, have some success week to week. It was being able to take care of the football, and then on the other side, be able to get the football. And you know, it flipped it flipped the other way today. So we've got to go back and look exactly, you know, why those things occurred. One of them was on a, a, a gadget shot play uh, that we we're you know looking to gain some momentum back in our favor on. And uh, you know, so you know, those are things that we've definitely got to look at, and we've got to correct those things. Uh, ASAP in order to be able to go play the game next week and have success in the game. Anything else for Coach Key? Patrick. Coach Key, um, pardon me. Um, working off that same question there for a second, how tricky is it as a head coach to address your team? This margin of loss was obviously quite significant, and yet they just picked off two passes inside their own five, one of which instantly became a touchdown. So in many respects, you weren't that far off. You yeah. kind of walk that line for confidence versus constructive criticism? As a coach, you, you can't <clears throat> look at the scoreboard and, and make judgments based on the scoreboard and, and how you address your team and how you prepare your team and how you work with your team. And for the last, was it, seven games, six games, that is the way our team has worked. We look at what we have to do to prepare during the week, what we have to do fundamentally during the game, what we have to do in the grand scheme of the, the, how the game is being played and go out and play every single play for 60 minutes in the game, one play at a time, and not look at the scoreboard. And when a team is truly conditioned to do that, then you're able to go back in after a game, whether you win or lose, and make those adjustments and make those corrections because you can't look at a scoreboard and truly be honest with yourself of how the game was played. There's been games that people have won by a lot of points that they made a ton of mistakes, and vice versa. So we've got to be extremely objective in the way we – look at game film and the way our kids play the game because that's what carries over on Saturdays. Yeah, it's great to say, oh, we played really hard. Or, you know, it should have been closer than it was. But at the end of the day, we don't look at the scoreboard, but it is the way you're judged. That's, that's life. So all the external 
things that these kids hear every single day is about scoreboard, the score, the score, the score, win, lose, win, lose. So as coaches, that is our number one priority every single day is to take these guys and condition them so that that does not become something that affects the way that they prepare, that affects the way that they play the game. And regardless of what the score is in the game, when you can turn on the film and not look at the – when the film comes on, it shows the scoreboard, it shows the wide shot, it shows the end zone shot. Well, you should be able to turn the game on regardless of when it is in the football game and never look at the scoreboard and not be able to tell because that's how a football team has got to play every single game. It's no different than Zach Pyron. If you looked at his score last week at the end of the game and the one he scored two weeks or the week prior, you can't tell a difference in the way that kid was playing in the game, regardless of the score. And as a coach, that's what you look for. That's what we look for in our kids. That's what we strive every single day to get our kids to be able to believe in. And when they truly believe in it, and they've been able to do that long enough, and you build on one time and one time and one time and one time, all of a sudden now, a bunch of those instances, they become something big. Right? That's what culture of a team is. That's culture. Culture's not something you, you – that's the culture of your team. Um, the, their run game, particularly in the first half, it seemed like was instrumental. And I'm curious if you feel like your, your front, defensive front, was responding, playing the way you think they can. Yeah, I mean, it, when you have a quarterback-driven run game like they did, you, really you become an extra hat. You know, and then you add the read element to it. So there's different things that we, we worked on up front on the, defensive, from, on the defensive side of the ball to create confusion on their side. You know, to, to change gaps, to you know, move the front from one way to the other, uh, to be able to play different techniques with the defensive ends, to change the reads of the quarterback, to take away some of those plays. And there were times that we executed the way we're supposed to do, and there were times that you know we executed and they made a play. And whether it was a couple of the counter uh, counter replays with the running back wide to the field, where you know you're in position and the kid slips right through it, and he was able to circle the defense on us. So. You know, the overlap in the defense is something we've got to continue to, 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 to preach and to harp on and to be able to have those guys. When, when something like that does happen, that, that other, the overlap in the defense, the other person is, is coming to, to, to get the player down, to get the ball down and, and negate the big plays. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, so thank you.